0: the
1: sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is betting across America on v the sports betting network.
2: We are back. It's our final hour of betting across America presented by bet MGM on one of the busiest sports betting Saturdays of the year. Second Saturday in May. So we're back. I'm all shop Ben Wilson with you. We're at halftime. of all the yeah. first of two NBA playoff games here. There's a shot at the, uh, at the book right behind us circus sports book, in downtown Las Vegas, we're just under two hours away from post-time at the Kentucky Derby. We are in the middle of uh, the first of two NBA playoff games, the middle of the second of four NHL Stanley Cup playoff games, tennis going on, golf, soccer, baseball, there's there's everything going on today, I'm all.
1: Yeah, lots of fun, especially if you're not into one thing, there's definitely a different option, you know, UFC uh also going and yeah, boxing. boxing well. Yeah, t- tons of things going on. There's something for everybody. And so if
2: you were not so inclined to watch uh, just this uh, this eye gouging offensive performance in Milwaukee between the Celtics and Bucks, you don't have to, but it's where we begin because we're uh 3 minutes left here at halftime, so still some opportunity to get in live if you are so inclined. Celtics 50 Bucks 46, and the concerning thing right now, I'm all for Bucks backers, is that Jason Tatum has six points on two of nine shooting, and yet the Celtics lead by four at the break right now. Uh, Celts at uh, 109 and a half here for our second half total, putting you at 205 and a half for the game. You see the Celts now laying. Uh, one and a half live here for this this overall contest. Bucks two and a half point second points, second half uh, favorites here.
1: Well, I would flip it the other way. I would say I'm concerned if I've got Boston because they're up four, but they've shot seven more free throws. Milwaukee's minus three in the turnover margin. Uh, they're even on offensive rebounds. But to me, I think we'll see a little bit of an adjustment in terms of number of free throws in the second half. Milwaukee getting to the line probably a little bit more than Boston. Both teams struggling from beyond the arc. Boston four for 18, Milwaukee three for 18, They've got to improve on this either side if they're going to pull away and win this game.
2: Yeah, totally fair as well. And the one thing I, I said coming in, why I would be a little worried on the Boston side, just the way they've been dominated in the paint. And you expect things like the free throw disparage, disparity to, to even out, but the Bucs, just like they did in the first two games, where they outscored Boston 88-44 in the paint, 26-12, point in the paint advantage in the first half. You, you kind of figure like, this is now six straight quarters where the Bucs have basically been unable to hit any, any sort of side of any kind of barn and are down 50 to 46 as a result. You would think at a certain point, three of 18 from three, after only making three threes in game two of them all, this this would turn at some point, it's just a matter of do you trust that, especially with no Chris Middleton here, that like we've seen this entire series to uh, to do that in the second half.
1: I don't even know what the hell you said for about the first minute when you made the barn reference, but I got you when you said Middleton. (laughs) You heard heard Middleton, and
2: you were like, oh, I'm locked in. Okay, I got
1: it. No, I agree with you. It's going to be a bit of a factor with him not being there, especially in a closing scenario for Milwaukee. But Giannis has still been effective in the paint. We've seen him have several dunks throughout. Mm -hmm. Horford has not been able to slow him down. Bobby Portis has been able to contribute off the bench. But Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, have to get it going from beyond the perimeter if Milwaukee's going to have some success here.
2: Uh, those two guys combined three points, one of seven from beyond the arc, a minus 13 combined. Well, Giannis and Kupo 20 points, nine rebounds through one half. So that, Giannis has not been the issue of them all. And he's, after shooting just 38% in the first two games, eight of 14 today, he's gotten to the line four of seven from the line. He's still leaving some some points there, but... People want to make the, the claim like, oh, Boston's just going to be able to shut down Giannis defensively like they did Kevin Durant. That has not been the case whatsoever so far.
1: Not at all. And to your point about the missed free throw, why it's crucial, as I pointed out earlier, Jalen Brown had a lane violation, but they called a offensive foul against, or actually it was a defensive foul because it was offensive. They, they wouldn't have shot free throws. They called the a foul on Milwaukee. Boston goes down, knocks down two free throws. So that's a three-point swing right there. You make the free throw. Now, all of a sudden, Boston doesn't even go to the other line, right. the the other end to shoot free throws there.
2: And as a result, we, we have this four-point margin. So we are just underway now at Celts fifty bucks forty-six. This is the game three of this Eastern Conference semifinal series, tied at a game apiece from Milwaukee. As far as our NHL playoff action, we saw Washington pull off a big upset earlier today, six-one final over the President Cup winner, winning Florida Panthers. So the Caps now up two-one uh, in in uh, in that best-of-seven series. We have another game three going on right now. A bunch of game threes here on this Saturday slate. This one though in Nashville, Amal, where we both thought, look, we gave the Preds a puncher's chance here, plus two o five, down two o against the Avalanche with how good their third string goalie Connor England Ingram was in game number two. But it is the Abs who strike first here, one nothing lead, four fourteen to go in the first period after Devin Taves he assists a Leckanen goal. To get uh, the scoring started here for the Avs. your live number I'm all seeing uh, right now. Avs now up to minus 550 live. A uh, Preds plus. 400, 5.5 is your in-play total here.
1: Yeah, that's too high of a number to be laying with Colorado right now on the road. Yeah. We saw this earlier in the Florida game. We're at about the same stage. Remember, T.J. Oshie gets a power play goal with less than a minute to go in the first period, and then it was all Washington the rest of the way. They end up outscoring uh, the Panthers by six consecutive goals over this game, so right. it's not that the uh, Preds are out of this thing by any stretch.
2: I'm, I'm t- we've we said this before. Like We feel like we're beating a dead horse, but yeah. I mean, again, hockey, one-goal games just because the Avs are the number one team in the West, and the Preds have a third string goalie. These games have been very, very tight, especially game two into now game three. Uh, and th- This one has been tight uh, as well to start, just pulling up the uh, the overall shots, at least to this point. Nashville 8-7 lead, they- they're out hitting the Avs as well early, and and face-offs, basically 50%. All, all indications, of all is that this is much more of a 50-50 game than than one that has the home team down 2-0, a 4-1 to long shot to win, which I, I'm, I'm with you. That's that's a crazy number.
1: Yeah, I think in hockey, when you just have a one-goal lead, it's way too high of a price to lay. And uh, we could see, potentially, Nashville make a push in this game. They get back to even, you know, you can take a good price in that particular scenario as Giannis hoist up a three-pointer and absolutely clangs a brick.
2: <laughs> and I will... Well, we just had all this discussion, and I look up. Uh, abs get a power play, and immediately, within eight seconds, uh, Nathan McKinnon puts it in. So I uh, just, just forget everything we said. 2-0 Avalanche, 3.52 to go, first period, as, uh, as they, well, live numbers off the board, but um, a nice setup here out in front. And, yeah, for a Preds team that uh, was, you know, obviously backs against the uh, against the wall, not the start they were looking for, mad goalmouth mouth scramble. McKinnon puts it in off a feed from Landeskog out in front, and it is two zip. Abs.
1: I want to go back to the NBA for a second here real quick. Uh, They just called a foul on the floor against Grayson Allen. I I don't know if it was the right call or not. That's not even the point of the conversation. There's no chance that this wasn't a shooting foul. Everything in the NBA is like a month-long continuation. I can't figure out how Tatum was not going to line to shoot two free throws there. And I think you're going to see some of the opportunities now for Milwaukee to get to the line more. Because to me, Ben, that should have been an obvious two shots. They called it a side out of bounds. Now we have a jump ball coming here on what could have been a potential foul against Milwaukee. I just feel like the whistle is going to favor Milwaukee in the second half.
2: And you mentioned earlier, 16 to 17 from the line. The Celts in the first half, Bucks 7 of 10. As we play uh, two minutes into our third quarter, 50 to 48, Boston on top. Uh, we'll, again, live numbers seeing it down to 200 and a half live. Basically a pick em on the live market as Drew Holiday cans a triple. So Bucks back in front uh, here by one. Mentioned the Avs, 2-0, 320 to go first period. Avs now up to minus 1,600 live, so plus 850 coming back uh, there on the Preds. Some MLB to update everybody on as well. Amal, uh, interesting game in the, in the Twin Cities where Sonny Gray big and the Twins, big favorites over James Caprellian and in the uh, the now reeling A's. Uh, the Twins go off here as high as a 220 favorite, but hey, your, your run line uh, your, your run line theory, Amal, at least if you were betting, uh, you know, betting Betting the Twins. One of the rarest situations where this ends up being a one-run game, despite both of these teams having boatloads of runners in scoring position. One nothing. Twins do get the win. I, I was just—I mentioned this game only to point out. Uh, keep an eye on uh, on Yohan Duran. Like just guy throws hundred one with his four-seamer. Throws a ninety-eight mile an hour splitter. A guy who could emerge. It, all the reports out of Minnesota are that he is emerging as as that top closing option. He might be a top five closer in baseball. all by the end of twenty twenty two, he gets the save. Uh, as the youngster rookie this year for the Twins gets uh, gets the win.
1: Yeah, Twins off to a pretty good start this year. I don't think a lot of people expect them to be in the position they're in so far, but you mentioned it. Want to have that closer as Altuve hits a four-bagger and has cut the lead in half for the uh, Detroit Tigers, who now lead 2-1 to one against the Astros in the bottom of the third. Long way to go there. Uh, ben, just going back to the NBA, Giannis to the line, I got to tell you, some of the complaints i've had in this game appear to be in favor of milwaukee but I, I thought this should have been an offensive foul all day as Giannis only punches robert williams in the, <laughs> the face just just only well Basically. it wasn't a combination it was just a single straight jab yeah just the, it was the battering ram like
2: <laughs> i am getting to the basket yeah exactly you, i don't care what you're doing you will get out of the way and and the foul yeah foul was called 25 I, and 11 uh, now for indenic Grupo makes both free throws bucks uh back up by two so a win for the the Twins, I'll be very very curious to see them all. We're, we're about a month into the baseball season. We're at that point where we, we both kind of feel like we have enough of a sample size to make some you know, some determinations on some of these teams, but a division like the AL Central, where the White Sox have been so battered, you know, banged up, terrible with injuries to this point. Like, at what point do you start looking at this division and, and feeling differently about things on a futures market where the Sox were near, you know, $2 favorite to, to come out and, and win that division, as you mentioned? Great start here for the Twins, well over five hundred early.
1: You know, you look, we're already about a sixth of the way through the season. Yeah. And the other thing to take into consideration is the number of injuries that the White Sox have had. That's definitely going to be a factor. Afford this team some time. They've won four in a row. They beat Boston last night. They're playing well. But can they continue this? Until they get Jimenez and all these other guys back in the lineup. That's something you want to see. And do, does Minnesota sustain it? I think the Indians are kind of getting to where we expect them to be. Tigers are competitive. Uh, we don't expect the Royals to be competitive. So I think the White Sox still have a really good shot. But they are definitely not performing at the level based on the preseason price.
2: And look, they're at least at DraftKings, looking at it right now, down to minus 110 to win the AL Central. Which, like, that's, that's an intriguing buy point for me. When you think about having like, two main starting pitchers out injured, a, a third of your projected starting lineup out. Twins are down to plus 165 after the start they've gotten off to. Uh, and as we just mentioned, Twins getting uh, another win uh, earlier today via that one, nothing scoreline. So look, I mean, tw- the twins have been really solid. You sit here now 17 and 11, but it is, it's so early. And I, it, it does make me, it gives me pause. that I'm thinking really like this should the socks really be adjusted all the way from minus whatever, 190 down to 110. I that, That's one of those spots I would not hesitate I, again I want to see it but I could as we we get a near skirmish here in, uh, in Milwaukee my point of all is I, I that's a team in Chicago I would I would not have an issue with investing in now that you're down to near a, a near and price
1: yeah I, I tend to agree with you there by the way I can't take it in this um in the NBA I know anymore. you're laughing
2: like every possession
1: well it's, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. it's like I'm waiting for Ari Gold to step out and say hey you want to hug it out bitch I mean everybody's <laughs> got to hug it out on every play come on let's just go play some hoops man
2: you're going to make a reference to uh, Bear, his uh, his attorney, at some, at, with, with the way the officiating has gone. But no, way to earn your commission, Bear. I think <laughs> is, is the line, if I remember it uh, correctly. Uh, we will we will continue the NBA discussion next because we have our guy Dieter Curtenbach to come on. He will talk about game number two of the NBA slate tonight. As
0: you get a look at the packed circus sportsbook behind Spending across America, coming up next.
1: This is Betting Across America on v the sports betting network.
2: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. So download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As we welcome you back, it is betting across America. Back with the mall shop, Ben Wilson with you. Uh, the the Veasan Plus Plus subscription Amal, coming in handy. That which which the Veasan Plus uh, Plus you know, the theoretical subscription gets you access to our off the air conversations. In which we uh, on the on height surgery, we had a, we had a very fun time doing that while we were discussing that. The Predators do score them all right at the end of the first period. So 2 1 Avalanche, two seconds left in the first period, but it looks like we will go into the first at a 2 1 scoreline. Matt Duchenne getting the Preds on the board. And we're at a timeout in Milwaukee, Bucks 58, Celtics 54, eight minutes here to go, third quarter. We're down to 205.5 on the live total. Bucks now minus three, but uh, I know for your, your Bucks spread bet there, all nice little surge here for the Bucks. 12 4 run to start the third quarter.
1: Yeah, I feel like they were going to have some opportunities. Giannis really taking over this game so far in the third quarter. You look at him now, uh, Danicupo,
2: 29 points, 12 rebounds, uh, and on 11 of 19 shooting from the field. Again, this is game one of two on the Saturday slate. And to discuss the nightcap with us here on the show, we welcome in a guy very familiar to the Bay Area, Dieter Kürtenbach. Uh, follow him at Dieter on the Twitter machine. Sports <laughs> columnist there for the Bay Area news group. You hear him as well on, uh, on KNBR from time to time. Uh, Dieter, big sports day for us, especially in the sports betting world. Big day in the Bay as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the matchup tonight, given that Golden State here, seven point favorite, two really, really tight first two games of the series uh, between the Grizz and the Dubs now coming back to the Bay?
0: Yeah, the seven points is really interesting, right? Because I, I think that Gary Payton, the second, and his injury, which is going to keep him out for the remainder of this series, certainly, and probably all of the postseason. Is being underrepresented in the betting markets. I think it's being under discussed in the Bay Area and in the Memphis area, in the NBA at home. Um, he was starting in these games for a reason. It's because John ja Morant needs someone to check him. And we saw what happened when Gary Payton got injured early on in game two. John ja Morant went for 47 points, and he was figuring out more and more what to do with the space afforded to him. He was hunting Clay Thompson. He was hunting Jordan Poole. Those guys have to be on the court for offense. The Warriors don't necessarily have that perimeter defender unless you want to put Andrew Wiggins on John Moran. That's kind of scary. So I'm surprised that the spread is still so favorable to the Warriors, uh, considering what we've seen in the first two games of the series. That said, the three-point shot, uh, I I would have to favor Golden State, and and maybe that's where we get kind of that larger number.
1: You mentioned Golden State from the three-point line. This is a team, obviously, who really missed an opportunity in game number two to steal that game in Memphis as well. They go only seven for 38 for 18%. Dieter, I can't imagine at the Chase Center today they shoot the ball as poorly as they did in game number two.
0: Well, it would be quite something if they did because uh, this this crowd is out for blood given the circumstances of games one and two and the physicality that Memphis brought. Golden State not necessarily equipped to play that style of basketball. They just have to get bounced around a little bit. So what they have to do is they have to counter with style. They have to counter with the three ball. And uh, yeah, it, it would it would be it would be pretty catastrophic if this is indeed how they're shooting. Now it, it's hard to believe that they're going to shoot exceptionally poorly again because they were getting open looks. Right? It's not as if they're forcing stuff up at the end of the shot clock. I mean, I, I, I recall a moment in the final two minutes of the game in game two, where Steph Curry's wide open. So clearly they're getting wide open shots uh, uh, plenty, but eh, man, I, I just, I think that the reputation for the lawyers about three point shooting is probably a little bit stronger than their actual three point shooting. So long as Clay Thompson is playing the way that he's playing, mm-hmm. he's shooting 21% from beyond the arc over the last three games. And there's no nice way to put it. My man looks tired. And maybe this little break that they've had here in the middle of the series for reasons unknown to me, I don't know what they're doing at the league office, why they wanted this playoff series to get dragged out, but uh, maybe this little rest helps clay Thompson a little bit. If clay can be back, the warriors can look like the warriors again. If clay is not the clay Thompson that we've seen only in spurts this season, and certainly nothing like the 2019 and prior clay Thompson, the warriors have a real issue because he more than Andrew Wiggins is the true two-way player on this team. And he is a defensive liability at this moment. And right now an offensive liability as well. That's not going to get the job done for the
2: Warriors. Mm -hmm. Again, Dieter Kurtenbach joining us from the Bay area on betting across America. last thing I had for you on this, and and you make the point on Steph Curry, Clay Thompson struggles 36% combined for them from the field, 13 of 45 on threes. But the the defensive piece of this trying to defend John Morant, where you look at it so far, 81 points the first two games, nearly 50% from the field. The non Morant players, even just in game two, were, were brutal. I mean, almost unplayable. 21 to 60, turned it over 12 times. And as a result, Warriors are right there to, to try to get that game and go back up 2 uh, nothing. We know Dylan Brooks will be out for this game tonight. The suspension after the flagrant two picked up, breaking the elbow of Gary Payton the second. But at least it, there's this perception here, Dieter, that this, this series is as simple as. How, how effective can Golden State defensively be on John ja Morant? As long as they're able to slow him down, they should roll in a series like this. I'm seeing a, a point prop today at uh, 28.5 at uh, DraftKings right now here for, for Morant, similar numbers at BetMGM as well. What What's the perception based on talking to the team, you know, the, being around the team and, and covering this series that you feel like uh, Morant is at coming into game three and how much of that whole you know, out for blood mentality will really impact a guy like Morant of his stature in a, a spot like this?
0: Well, the one thing that I I knocked the Memphis Grizzlies on coming into this series, and it wasn't a hot take, this wasn't some Homer nonsense. It was a lack of experience, right? And you watch the series that they had against Minnesota. It was two teams that didn't know what the hell they were doing going back and forth, which is why we saw 20 to nothing runs, just constantly swinging left and right. It was a mess. It was chaos. The Grizzlies are better for that experience. And John Morant in particular, is better for now having eight playoff games under his belt that are of serious nature, right? Like eight playoff games where it's not just, hey, you're in the tournament, let's see what happens. These are eight playoff games that have weight, that have meaning, that could ultimately lead to the Grizzlies playing for an NBA championship if they, you know, if they if they do well. And he has just gotten so much smarter since game one. Not, maybe not smarter, but he has figured stuff out. Since Game One of that series against Minnesota, and I, I get the sense from the Warriors, and perhaps this is projection on my end. I don't think they know how to stop them. I don't think they.
2: Dieter, I think we just he lost the Dieter face. First... The... Oh, we still got it. There we go.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, no I, I just got so frothed up. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it made... point shot. Uh, I don't know if he can continue to do it at the clip that he's doing it at, but his ability to use the space that the Warriors have to afford because the whistle is so tight in this series and will be tight in this series, it, it's it's going to be a challenge. I think that they're going to have to go full James Harden and just say right. don't let anyone else beat us, but Jack can get whatever he
2: wants. It's going to be a fascinating uh, game here. In, in what Were you going
1: through, the Caldecott Tunnel over there? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going, I was going over the Bay Bridge. Okay. I had a
0: wonderful view of I was just
1: my my jaw dropped. <laughs> the Calder Look at
2: Amal. Amal is a geography. Okay. Been been
1: I've been everywhere. Got to stay one step ahead when you're on the lambs So anyway, no, uh, <laughs> l- l- real quickly though, let's project out to the Western Conference Finals. I think it's going to be yeah. Phoenix and Golden State. How do you see that one? If that's the matchup we get, assuming current health stands based on what we have with both rosters.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's the real kicker, right? Current health stands. If we've seen the first two games of this series, I don't know anyone expect current health to stand. This is a bloodbath. And, you know, good on Memphis for being able to dictate the terms of engagement in this series. The Warriors have not been able to do that, and I don't think that they're equipped to do that. So uh, if Phoenix can take care of business the way that, I mean, maybe last night's a bit of a, a, a discouragement, but it, it feels like Phoenix should handle Dallas in five or six with relative ease. Uh, they're already, I think, a better team than Golden State. I I would feel very comfortable with a very short series going in Phoenix's direction there. I I don't bet against Draymond, Steph, or Clay just because they've pulled it off so many times. But whoever wins this Memphis-Golden State series, they're walking in wounded. And uh, I just can't imagine that Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Deandre Ayton don't take full advantage of that.
2: And to your point, uh Dieter, Suns minus about 550 right now to win that series despite the loss in <laughs> yeah. game 3 last night. Uh, Warriors coming into tonight as high as minus 350 right now. Grizzlies you can still get them about plus 290 on, on the series price. So, so it is certainly appears as though we are we are headed uh, headed towards that direction. So again, Dubs minus 7 is the line tonight, 225 and a half Your total Grizz Warriors coming up here, 8.30 on the East Coast, 5.30 for us here on the West Coast. Dieter Kurtenbach, always a pleasure having you on, giving us some uh, insights there into Bay Area sports, my friend. Get, uh, give him a follow, at Dieter on the Twitter machine. As always, thanks for the time, and enjoy the rest of this very busy uh, Saturday sports night.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate
2: it. Thank you. As we're now back in Milwaukee, here, them all. Eight-point lead for the Bucks, largest lead of the day, 66-58, 5.45 to go third quarter.
1: Yeah, bigger concern for Boston right now is Robert Williams appeared to go down with what may have been an ankle or a foot injury. Let's see how severe or serious mm. this is. Uh, he's on the bench right now, but uh, Boston trying to make a push as Jalen Brown and company uh, trail by eight, as you alluded to. But they've got him knocked on some perimeter shots, and right on cue, Marcus Smart hits and a three.
2: We'll update the live line on the other side. Talk a little boxing as well. Uh, I'm all. When we return, closing things out here on Betting Across America.
1: This is Betty Across America on vSIN, the Sports Betty Network.
2: The VSIN Spring Special is here for only 59 bucks. You get everything VSIN has to offer from and now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vison.com and subscribers will have access to all of it. We've got Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, Jonathan Von Toble, his NBA best bets all the way through the finals, Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're gonna have NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full Veasan experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only fifty-nine bucks to be a subscriber through July thirty-first. So sign up now at Veasan.com/slash spring. As we're back, final couple segments for us here on Betting Across America with a mall shot, Ben Wilson with you. As it is a 10 point lead now. First time we've seen either team of all go up double digits. And look, at the end of the day the the futility shooting wise for the Celtics really caught up to them. 5 of 22 from 3. They have only attempted uh, two free throws in the second uh, in the second half. At, and now 18 of 19 for the game, but 16 of 17 in the first half the Celtics are completely falling apart here just shooting 33% for the game as the Bucks have made a big surge outscoring Boston 27-13 in the third quarter and uh, and rolling right now here in a game 3.
1: Yeah, and also Milwaukee, seven free-throw attempts in this quarter. Uh, They've made every one of them. That's been a huge difference in this one. They were seven for 10 at the break, seven for seven in the third quarter. You alluded to it here with this uh, just two for two for Boston. And the turnovers, just two turnovers for Milwaukee in the third quarter, while Boston has six turnovers so far. Up to a
2: 9 points live favorite. Uh, You see seven-and-a-half on on your screen via BetMGM. Uh, That just ticked up a moment ago to nine-and-a-half. Two-oh-four-and-a-half is the live total. Uh, there so moll you're on the the buck side coming in pregame laying about two two and a half is there a side or a total you like we just spoke with Dieter Kürtenbach breaking down Grizzlies Warriors tonight is there a side or total you like in game three well, there th- in the bay
1: I think Golden State's going to win the game I don't like a side in terms of the number or the total I think it's going to be a competitive game for the most part but I think got to give the Warriors a huge edge being at home I think they'll get some calls to go in their favor I think the home crowd will help them immensely I'm
2: with you on that. Not not a number I want to play sidewise because of the seven. It feels a touch inflated, but would not be surprised to see this. When you when you consider this, the whole Stephen Clay piece, yeah. 30 of 83 combined in the first two games, 13 of 45 from three, I just have a hard time believing, especially with no Dylan Brooks, that defensively going on the road Memphis their defense can travel that way I just don't see it
1: I tend to agree with you I think uh, this is a good bounce back spot I do think if you told me I had to play the game I'd play the Warriors to cover I think they're just going to have an opportunity and they have struggled to shoot the ball they'll be far better get some more calls in their favor Morant's outstanding but sometimes those calls you get that are influenced by the home crowd will disappear in uh, right. at the Chase Center today.
2: We we shall see. Uh, so that coming up, that is an 8.30 tip-off on the East Coast, 5.30 here on the West Coast. Bucks up 10, 2.42 to go in the third quarter. There uh, in the hockey, just one one more game for us to get through here, previewing the rest of the, the night slate, as at least right now in live action, Avalanche 2, Predators 1 at the end of 1, period. Avs minus, uh, I'm seeing as high as minus, 5.50 live, 4 to 1, Coming back on the Preds seven and a half year in game total. While we still have the Rangers and Penguins to come, seven o'clock Eastern puck drop. Uh, we already discussed that it's it's basically a pick 'em right now. Total of six. Amal uh, and I each, each thinking uh, Rangers would be would be the play there with how good Igor Shesterkin has been uh, in nets with a with the 95 percent save percentage through two games. Uh, but we also all have the nightcap as well. Flames Stars. Want to get your thoughts on that? Nine thirty Eastern puck drop here. Wow. Flames on the road. I'm seeing as high as minus 175 now at BetMGM. Five and a half, heavy juice to the under. That is because we've had a grand total of three goals in in two games so far.
1: Yeah, one an empty net goal. And the other thing is I like the under five and a half in this one, Ben. And, you know, to me, when you look at Jake Ottinger, what he's been able to do, they've done a great job defensively. Uh, Pavelski's probably the best in the league in terms of tipping pucks in. We saw him get a tip-in goal in game number two. I think Dallas at home, I think it's way too high of a price for Calgary around the road here. I'd look at the stars at the plus money price.
2: Best, I'm looking, best number you can get about plus 150 uh, right now. One, at least at one book in town uh, there on the stars. You mentioned Ettinger, These two goalies, so Edinger, 54 saves on 55 shots in two games. I'd say that's pretty good. Jacob Markstrom, 37 saves on 38 shots. That is a 91-for-93 goalie combination, uh, at least to this point.
1: Well, I think both teams have been outstanding, especially defensively. The problem has been they've both been giving up too many power play attempts, just dumb penalties. If you can avoid that, I think this is going to be a far more defensive game. And if you look at game number one, it was the... the Flames scoring on a power play, and I think mm. in game number two, Pavelski scored just on a five-on-five. So we've only had one goal at a five-on-five situation the first 120 minutes. Remember, the second goal came as a tip-in. I'm sorry, an empty netter for Dallas right. to close out game number two. Even,
2: like, even if, in Calgary's case, 60% of the shot attempts at even strength have yeah. gone their way, but it's like, you know, what are the quality of those of those shots? And when you get when you get into that whole hot goalie theory in the yeah. playoffs, like, it, you see this happen where these teams start getting mental, and they start holding the puck longer, looking for the perfect shot, and it, it comes back to bite him. And we've seen that, I, mean, I would say, it's all the case with both teams. But it, it's interesting, from the total now, it's just the way the books are set up. Five and a half is about as low as you're going to see in an NHL game. Yeah. Even if you juice the, the heck out of it, I mean, why not? Still, even minus 135 on a five and a half. Don't hate that, uh, that play at all. So that's the final game on the card tonight. Uh, meanwhile, crowd getting uh, very boisterous in Milwaukee as the Bucks, Drew Holiday, just hits a three. So as we go here toward the end of the third quarter, 80 to 66. Bucks on top of the Celtics.
1: I thought the way the game went, I said at halftime, I thought Boston should have a bigger lead. If you look at statistically where they're at, they only had a four-point lead. Milwaukee has outscored them so far by 18 points in the third quarter.
2: Doubling up, and it's now 32-16, the, the old double up here for, yeah. for Milwaukee. Um, yeah, 34-16 now after that, uh, that holiday bucket, which was ruled actually a deep two on the floor, so now 80 uh, to 66. Uh, while we have a, a couple minutes here, I we'll want to do get, to get get the insight on the Canelo-Alvarez-Dimitri Bivol fight for tonight. I know you've been uh, following this. I'm The lowest price I'm now seeing on the board looks like minus 500 on, on Canelo, but there are certainly alternative ways you can bet this. So you said earlier we had uh, Dave Ross on. You certainly expect this uh, to be a fight Canelo wins, but not necessarily going away in such an easy method that, that, that the bettors would have you believe with the way this price has gone up.
1: Yeah, to me, I think it's going to be tough. It, look, Dimitri Bivol is a, a bigger fighter. Uh, he's fought at a higher weight class. Canelo stepping up here. But I think when you look at Canelo's capability, both come in at 31 years old. Uh, really, uh, the size, the factor, uh Bivol at six feet tall. Canelo is going to be able to outbox him. But I don't know if he's going to be able to put him on the canvas. And if he can't do that, I think he wins by decision. So I would look towards... Uh, Canelo at minus 125, 130, mm-hmm. 140 at the decision instead of laying the price with Canelo.
2: And then as far as the total, so we're at right now 10 and a half. We've yeah. seen the juice go way up. Uh, I'm seeing minus 260 or so is, is the best you can get. Uh, is, and you mentioned, too, like I would have to imagine, especially if you're thinking decision, you're obviously going to want to look at uh, at the over here. Better price you can get if you just play Canelo uh, by decision. Are, are you the type of better with these with these specific fights? You're going to look to play both. And, and even though you're having to lay a juice there, you still feel confident in it.
1: No, I, I look, I don't think Canelo is going to get knocked out, and I don't think you're going to be able to get a decision. You have to take into consideration how these things work. You know, Floyd always used to be the best bet in the world because you're never going to get a decision in Vegas against Floyd. <laughs> right. right. I and mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. You, you can sit there and say, oh, I know you're trying to imply or suggest something. No, I'm, I'm telling you how it is. It's facts. I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. And I think when you look at the factors surrounding this, do you think if Dimitri Bibble were to win this fight, if he's walking down the street, aside from people that are boxing fans, are going to know who he is? I mean, you got to look at it from a from a marketability and selling tickets and, and pay-per-views. You got to knock out the champ if you want to win, especially in a place like Vegas, when you look at what Canelo is in this town.
2: There's There's no question. Uh- I, I don't know. Yeah, like, if you if you pulled lined up 100 people, and just, yeah, Dimitri is going to walk right by you. Like, how many would, would notice? I don't know.
1: About five? five
2: I was going to say, like, six and a half. set yeah, that at go, yeah. I mean, action, sharp action to the under. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think that's pro- that's probably fair. I mean, and that's why, I mean, that's why, like, for betting, boxing, and again, we always talk about, especially on days like this, where every, it's a huge sports betting day. People, whether it's the derby or this, people just want action. Right. Like, betting this these things, you have to kind of know the the surrounding you know kind of talking points around it and it's not just the actual handicap of the fight itself there there's a lot of nuance and, there, and there's a lot of other factors that go into things like that that for a casual better you can't just walk in and say oh canelo i know that guy i'm just going to blindly lay whatever the massive price is there are other specific ways you can look at it and it certainly seems like the decision there is, is where there's value to be had
1: yeah and also i think if you look at the price on canelo with tko or by um you know uh by stoppage or what mm-hmm. have you, right. I think it, it, it's a plus price. So you have another opportunity there if you don't want to lay the minus 125 on a decision because remember, if he knocks him out, you would wind up with a scenario where it beats you. So just something to consider if you're looking at this fight um, in terms of how you want to bet it with the exact uh, outcome. Uh, Alvarez by KO, TKO, DQ is now plus 140. The uh, decision has gone up drastically to minus 165 now.
2: Wow. I'm seeing two uh, unanimous, at least an average book is different. Unanimous decision minus a buck fifty, uh, yeah, split decision five to one, uh, knockout plus four fifty, TKO about uh, two and a half to one there. So, uh, yeah, interesting and yeah, context matters for these fights. That's what we so you I know always say them all. So it's uh, it's something that uh, we'll bear watching tonight again as we had uh, Mike Piranio from the Mandalay Bay Sports Book on earlier today. They they're offering a free showing there offering the pay-per-view kind of an exclusive at, uh, at mandalay bay so an opportunity to go over and uh, and bet that action we still have some mlb to discuss before we get out of here i'm all want to break down some of the games still to come on the card uh, there's a, an angle i'm looking at down in atlanta A couple of aces on the mound today where there at least to me seems like there is some value so we'll discuss that on the other side update the rest of the mlb scores talk a little more nba playoffs as we watch buck celtics go into the fourth quarter that is all coming up next in our final segment right here on betting across america
1: is betting across America on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20. MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we're back for the final time, betting across America, we've got Bet Center coming up next. Let's turn the baton over to Brady Cannon, James Salinas. Uh, with you here from the Circus Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas, uh, back with the mall shop, Ben Wilson with you. Thanks to Elliot Bauman, our producer, uh, behind the glass and the whole crew. As we go through some final updates here, a little development in Nashville mall. This was two-nothing. You and I both discussed how like at least down a goal, how ridiculous it was that the Preds were a four-to-one yeah. in-game underdog. That was the price when they were down two-one. They've just tied it at two on a power play goal. Uh, 12 minutes to go, second period, two goal, two goals apiece here between the Avalanche and the Preds. Seeing plus 155 right now live on Nashville. Minus 190 on the heavily favored Avs up 2-0 in this game three.
1: Yeah, what are we, second period? How, how second much
2: t- period, uh, 1135 to go. Yeah, Long way to
1: go in this game. I mean, that, that's my point. There's no foregone conclusions when you look at these games especially in hockey the discrepancy is not that great so you got to take advantage of these big prices here and um, nice job by Nashville fighting back so far in this game certainly so and as we discussed earlier I mean
2: 21 to one is that is that a bet we're not, we're gonna make no but is that a price that's probably way out of whack for a yeah. series down two oh yes it should not be that high at 21 to one and so the the Predators right back into the game from down 2. Uh, to 2-2 there we also are now uh, three and a half minutes into the fourth quarter bucks 88 celtics 81 this was high as a bucks lead by 14 but right on cue drew holiday nails a tough step back two. Bucks them all back up by nine and and looking to be in command here down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and you know, Giannis hit a three point shot in this quarter, and I, I gotta tell you, that shot may have hurt you if you're Boston in the short run, but I think that's a huge benefit in the long run. Cause now Giannis is gonna take a few more three point shots that he should he's, never take. He's
2: one of six from three. Yeah.
1: And so I'm saying, like to me, nobody Mike Budenholzer has got to go to him and say, Listen, Giannis, you take another shot from beyond the arc, unless we're up against the clock, you're gonna be sitting. And and I get you're not gonna really sit, Giannis. My point is though these shots are fool's gold they're, they're absolutely going to help boston come back in this game who's down seven with an opportunity as jalen brown gets the left hand layup oh. and in now a five-point game from what was a 14-point lead to start the fourth quarter
2: and look you're looking at it now i mean we're the way we've seen the pace pick up our live total is right back to the the pregame we're yeah. 2 11 and a half here so uh 9-2 run for boston out of nowhere despite a game where jason tatum has been I've uh, been brutal, 4 of 18 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3, just 10 points, a negative 8 when he's been on the floor. Five-point game, though, 18-10 run here in the fourth quarter. I'm also anybody's game in Milwaukee.
1: It is, but you know, one of the things I've seen in this game, and it's been not just Tatum, but a bunch of players on both sides, Tatum would come off with a high ball screen, defenders right on him, and he's still taking the three-point shot. I'm like, that's a shot you can get with 1.2 on the shot clock. Yeah. Why, why are you taking that shot? You know, in basketball, it just frustrates me when you see so many teams take bad shots. You see, you know, that's what makes the Warriors so good, right? Like, they take the right shot. Now, look, if they're against the clock, they'll take a tough mm-hmm. shot, and there's nobody who can make better, more difficult shots than Steph Curry. But to me, the inconsistency in terms of these teams with some of the shooting just drives me insane.
2: And you see now, a five and a half for, for most shots here on the Bucks. Heavy juice to the over, or on, on Milwaukee, some now up to minus six. Uh, on that live number. No, I'm, I'm with you. And it's like, even even in the case of the Warriors where their stars shoot, whatever, 38%, yeah. but the shots are good. I mean, Seth Curry's missing wide open threes. Like, that happens. You right. you, you live with it. Uh, in, in a case like this, yeah. I, I'll be curious to see what the shot quality numbers, that that, that data kind of spits out at us after the game because it's it's been a lot of like, questionable like head scratching early shot clock decisions or just you know late clock no no ball movement type possessions here for Boston
1: Yeah, but even to me a lot of it's based on what you consider a good shot yeah right like I mean I I think sometimes whoever's taking the shot if Giannis is wide open he takes a three-point shot it's never a good shot I mean I I don't care if they're playing five feet off of him but like there was Drew Holiday he knocked down a three-pointer early in the third quarter I said how could you be five six feet off of Drew Holiday from the perimeter and I think it's the difference there. It's not just about being open, it's about who's taking the shot as yeah, well. And,
2: yeah, knowing the personnel. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, so that game in a commercial break right now 7 10 to go in the game. Bucks 90, Celtics 85 in a 1 1 series. Uh, game three there in Milwaukee. We'll close the show, I'm all a little baseball discussion, get back to updating some of these earlier games that have now gone final. Blue Jays do close out the Guardians 8 uh, 3 final as they really rough up Shane Bieber. The, the Blue Jays do Gives up 7 earned in three in a third innings. Another good start for Kevin Gausman. One earned over six and a third ERA. I'm all down to two thirteen on the young season as the Blue Jays win is about a dollar thirty-five favorite. So they look uh, they look impressive. 17 and 11 now, the Jays going into Cleveland. They had no issues today.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Now we got a doubleheader coming up here in about 15 minutes, or not even should be getting started here. It'll be stripling against uh, Tristan McKenzie in this one. But McKenzie's gotten off to a good start so far for Cleveland. Ben, I generally like to take teams that lose the first game of a doubleheader, particularly at home, Mm -hmm. in what, you know, not to be a completely one sided matchup here between Toronto and Cleveland.
2: And plus, I'm seeing as good as 115 you can get. On the Guardians there in Game Two, Stripling and McKenzie. looks like a first pitch coming up in about uh, half an hour, just past uh, the 6:20 uh, p.m. range there. So uh, that that first game though a final 8-3 win. The other the two games in progress right now been a good uh, pitching matchup, Tigers and and Astros right now in Houston. Framber Valdez giving up a, a couple of runs on a, a two-run double to Miguel Cabrera. But response from Jose Altuve gets a solo shot and it's 2-1. Eduardo Rodriguez, who had struggled early over yeah. a five ERA, but only one run on that solo solo shot him all through five innings. And the uh, the Tigers in this one lead it uh, 2-1 right now, top of the sixth. Day. And right we're seeing on the live line about a pick them uh, each way.
1: Yeah, uh, this is an interesting one here. You know, if you're Detroit, you got to figure out a way to get another additional run or two because I don't think you're going to be able yeah. to limit Houston to just a singular run and hold on. Maybe they do, but... I think it would be a bit of a challenge if they were to do it that way.
2: Valdez and the Stroh's close, uh, minus 200. at a bet MGM total of eight. Meanwhile, Dylan Cease and Nick Pavetta also engaged in a pitcher's duel, White Sox and Red Sox. Nothing, nothing. Bottom of the fifth there. Uh, That was a a game that went off Cease and the Sox minus 130 uh, with a 7 and a half total. So looking at the, the rest of the slates uh, tonight, all on, on the, the Saturday night card, we got a ton of games because so many rainouts from yesterday. There were a couple more rainouts today uh, with bad weather on the East Coast. Curious your thoughts on this one. I'm looking at Brewers Braves uh, played the first five under, a three and a half at minus 112 tonight. That's a, a 720 Eastern first pitch. So coming up in about an hour and a half, Max Freed goes for the Braves against Corbin Burns and the Brewers. For Freed, such a fascinating guy where... Remember last year, Maul, three his first three starts of the year, he was terrible, 11.45 ERA. From that point on, 19 to 25 quality starts, sub-250 ERA, sub-1 whip, and he's come out this year two terrible starts to begin his season, seven earned in 11 innings. Since then, three quality starts in his last in his last three since that uh, rough showing to begin, 19 innings pitched, no walks, 18 strikeouts. It's weird to pigeonhole a guy into a, a kind of a characterization like that, but he just seems, all to be a, a slow starter who once he gets going is really, really good. And I'm not sure if the betting market's come around to just how solid Max Freed really is given some of those early struggles.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And you mentioned the one walk. That came in his opening day start. Since that point in time, he's really been dominant in terms of keeping guys off the base path. You know, Josh Towers talks about it all the time. You can give up a base hit. And, uh, you know, him, Josh, was a guy that didn't walk a lot of guys when he pitched. But it's the walks that kill you. It's more pitches. It's just mentally you feel yeah. like you got beat. You get, you give respect if a guy puts the ball in play and gets a base hit. But um, that's something to pay attention to. It should be a pretty good matchup here between Burns and uh, Max Breed in this one. Total of seven. I'm not going to touch this game, but Burns has also pitched uh, very effectively. Comes in with a 1.93 ERA. And, and
2: my only worry, yeah, I didn't want to bet the full game total because Braves went with a bullpen game yesterday. through yeah. through a, a ton of guys. Uh, burns four walks to 39 strikeouts this year. I'd say that's uh, that's pretty good. Four quality starts in his last four. I, I'm I'm not really sold yet on this Brewer offense, though. I'm all. I agree. This is a team that's 19 and eight. They're 11 and one against teams named the Pirates, the Reds, and the Orioles. So let's let's hold. I mean, look, I have a ticket in my account on the Brewers doing the NL Central, but let's hold off on them being like an October juggernaut for now. That's all I'm saying. Well,
1: I don't think they are necessarily, and I think St. Louis, is a team that's going to be really dangerous because the Cardinals defend extremely well. Their pitching has gotten better um the offense has come around so the cardinals are a team you have to be uh concerned with but i think it's gonna be a two-horse race in the national league central we can already eliminate the pirates and the reds cubs are basically in that point mm-hmm. so you know you're looking at a scenario with uh basically just the uh, really uh, brewers race, yeah brewers think, yeah. and uh cardinals
2: uh, looking at the uh the yeah, where it went off brewers are about a minus 175 or so division favorite yeah. when the Uh, The season began. I'm seeing them right now up to minus 285 Cardinals plus 215. I'm a little surprised to see the the extrapolation come that severe, but
1: uh, I I tend to agree with you. Them only being two games back in the loss column this early.
2: It's early. Um, Last little update on the, the tennis. Alex Varev takes the first set from Stefano Sitsipas in the Mutual Madrid semifinal, six four. So maybe yeah, interesting to see what happens there. Winner to take Carlos Alcaraz uh, tomorrow in the Mutual Madrid uh, final. Amal, this has been a blast as always, man. Three
1: hours just flew by.
2: And it like really, we it really
1: there. did. Looking Crazy. forward to the fight tonight. Absolutely, going
2: to be a good one. Stay right here with us on Vsin As for Amal, Sean, I'm Ben Wilson. We have Vsin Bet Center, Brady Cannon, James Salinas coming your way next, right here on Vsin, the sports betting network. <laughs>